space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Hello, everyone. Thank you for uh, joining us. This is another episode, the first or second episode of Sesh Trek. And this is a, a fan cast. It's a fan show about the wonderful, wonderful Star Trek. Uh, uh, I'm your host, Jack Allison. I'm Shannon Strucci. Uh, and today we are joined uh, by our guests, uh, uh, you know, the guys from uh, Podside Pic- Picnic. Uh, uh, we're talking about Connor Southard and uh, Podside Pete. Is, should I say Podside Pete? <laughs> Podside Pete works. Absolutely. Is that your real? Is that that Podside Pete is what you go by, right? It, it's on my driver's license. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey, it's thank really you great. so much for having us. Yeah. We're big fans, so this is this is a big deal. Thank you. Yeah. Thank so you, you got. Yeah, uh, uh, so today we're going to be talking about the you know first and foremost Star Trek. Uh, uh, what is you know the original series? We're talking about Star Trek, the original series today. And so, what are all your? Uh, what is everyone sort of like background and and history with Star Trek, the original series? Um, I watched it on G four when I was a teenager, probably like fifteen, sixteen. Uh, my mom in the seventies went to conventions and was like a really big Star Trek fan. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And my, my cousin has a life size spot cardboard cutout that I posted pictures on Twitter with. Um, <laughs> so like I have, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't have like a necessarily like a nerdy family, but they both really like Star Trek too. And, um, I just really liked watching the original series while it was airing. And I've watched episodes online after that. And I've tried to get into next generation, but I think I try to start at the beginning, and I think it starts kind of slow, and I've never really gotten into any other Star Trek, but I love the original oh, series. So you've never gotten into any other Star Trek than no. uh, original series? I've okay, seen wow. random Next Generation episodes. Like, I'll be hanging out with people, and they'll be watching it or whatever, and I feel like I have a, a decent idea of it. And I've wanted to watch it. I have nothing against any of the other shows. I'm sure I'd enjoy them. I just have never gotten around to it. I just want to rewatch the original series because I love it so much. I I grew up with uh, the the original series and was watching it before cable was a thing. So um, yeah, I mean I I was a huge fan of the Next Generation uh, uh, when that came around too, and then pretty much gave up because they came up with more and more shows. And it's like there's a limited amount you want to invest your life your life into a particular type of sci-fi fantasy, right? But recently I came back and I've been watching Voyager and Deep Space Nine, and, and it's pretty good. I, I can see why people are excited about it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good Star Trek series. Uh, mm-hmm. What about you, Connor? I'm a Star Trek neophyte. I was just asking these two, like, okay, so which one is on with Picard? <laughs> 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 um, I have watched very little. I've caught, like, I caught, like, stray, uh, you know, Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Next Generation episodes when I was a kid. And it's only through doing this episode, actually, that I that I sat down and really paid attention to original series episodes. And 
luckily, I feel like I have a fair amount to say, uh, just to do my normal thing about spouting off about imperialism or whatever. We'll get to that. But I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm a neophyte when it comes to actual Star Trek fandom. <laughs> so, so am I. So am I, really. So my, my history with Star Trek, uh, and I mentioned this in our sort of intro episode, is that my parents, you know, were big-time Next Generation fans. Ah. And so because my parents liked it when I was young, I always associated Star Trek uh, with, like, being lame. And not in the kind – because I like all sorts of <laughs> – lame nerd shit you know what i mean I, I i associated it with the kind of lameness that one associated associates with being an adult you know uh, uh so <laughs> oh, i too like am a church yeah like church <laughs> that's kind of what it was it as it turns out leslie said in the in the intro episode and it turns out my you know my mom actually just had good taste is what it turns out but yeah i kind of like thought of star trek uh, uh as akin to like church so i too uh am a star trek neophyte you know i only got into uh, uh star trek you know you know, basically, you know, out of Star Star Wars being in shambles, I was like, <laughs> well, I suppose I now must become a Trekkie. You gotta um, fill the void. So I There's gotta fill the void. So I started watching, you know, I actually started with original series and, you know, kind of did find it. I mean, you know, it's definitely got some sort of like old school TV cheesiness, which is all, but which is also very, very charming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's a fairly legit show, especially for the time. And there's a reason why, uh, uh, it's, it was as popular as it is. I mean, there's definitely some, some fucking, some weird shit in it, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, yeah, I, 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 overall, I was like, Going in expecting like total corniness and kind of did walk away being like original series is pretty, pretty cool, actually. It's so charming. Like you said, that saves it a lot. It's yeah. just so sincere and you can really like the chemistry between the actors is so real. And I think that Absolutely. keeps you engaged through like nonsense that happens. Right. Right. I think that that, I think that, you know, Star Trek gets that really classic TV thing of like, you know, we like these people and we like seeing them mm-hmm. hang out with each other. <laughs> like, maybe even more than Next Generation does. Like, I do love Next Generation. I love all the characters on Next Generation. But you you don't get the sense that any of them would ever, like, fuck or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh. they're, like, pretty dorky. Unlike Kirk. Kirk. Yes, Unlike fucked. Kirk. <laughs> like, I mean, you, you can't. I mean, that's, like, that is, like, maybe a third of the episodes. The summation is Kirk fucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I was really struck by in rewatching this, like, you know, Spock kind of is the runaway character in this show. And, you know, it's Nimoy, like, you know, does give a, like, sort of, he gives a, a you know, a world class performance as Spock in this series. DeForest Kelly is fantastic, too. He's always been my favorite character, uh, Bones. Yeah. Well, Bones is so funny, too. Yeah, the actual relationship. I mean, again, like, I actually think that maybe the relationships in original series Star Trek end up being, like, kind of more fun than the than what I've seen so far in the follow-up series. Like, I just, you know, like Bones and Kirk and the rest of them. I, have any of you, have, have you all seen the uh, the Star Trek movies? Ugh. I, I saw the first one when I was, like, 19. And I was like, I hate this so much. That's my take on it. Um, I'd, I'd say yes in which set. Uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, we're talking about, yeah. Pete, we know you've seen all of them. Don't, don't be fucking here, man. I've seen the whale one and the con one, and I've seen a few other old ones. Yeah. And what's so funny is that the movies get so wacky, but I kind of just do like like seeing my friends hang out again. You know what I mean? Like, even oh. when it gets to saving the whales, I'm like, well, 
I just like that all these guys are together, you know? <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about the J.J. Abrams 2009 film. Oh, sure, That's yeah. where my brain went, and I was like, oh, no, that's all. You, oh, no, no, no. See, that's why I asked, because, like, the raw hate reaction is understandable. <laughs> yes. Yep. No, yeah. I'm talking about the real, you know, the, the movies of the TV show uh, uh, movies. Those are fun. I like those. We broke down the first time that I was exposed to, like, Star Trek in, like, a systematic way was we broke down the one with the whales on our show, Podside Picnic. And uh, there was a – I have to say, Pete and I have tracked back and figured out exactly where they lifted the whales from, which is the Ophiuchi hotline by John Varley, <laughs> detective work. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed in the originality of Star Trek, but let that slide for now. Sorry, you were saying, Jack? <laughs> no, no, no. You know, uh, uh, I, I – you know, that – those movies, that movie's especially funny because, like, you know, there were two movies back. That's the Nimoy directed one, right? Uh, when they go save the whales, yes, uh, uh, it was that Nimoy directed the one about saving the whales, and then and then uh, uh, um, you know Kirk directed the one that was just about how like Kirk is cool. <laughs> oh my God. Like it, it was like about the things that they are sort of most into. Um, uh, but for this episode, you know, we're not talking about just the entire uh, uh, original series. We did have a couple episodes that we had uh, uh, set aside to watch. And so I guess we should just get uh, uh, into these episodes before we get too deep into it. So, But I uh, would like to call it out. if we, When we start talking about City on the Edge of Forever, we need to talk about the whale one because of the completely different approach to time travel. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into, uh, we'll get into that when we get into City on the Edge of Forever. Uh, um, so first... First, let's look at Arena. Uh, what did everyone think of Arena? Before the Hugo and Nebula Awards and all that shit, um, they put together a couple of, of hardbound books called The Greatest Science Fiction Short Stories of All Time. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Arena, which was which this episode was directly based upon. Oh, wow. wow. I and, didn't know that actually. That's cool. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool dotted line because in, in the in the short story, the aliens are clever and try and outsmart you and and the human beings are like the big burly ones that design <laughs> obsidian acts and i gotta tell you i like that choice more it certainly is more believable with kirk like a, a real kirk episode is him swinging his dick around and here he's like i know i'll build a radio and lure this guy in and build an atom bomb it's like no you wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't. They were like, "Will he figure it out?" He's kind of dumb. Yeah. He figures it out as they watch him. They're like, "Does he know what sulfur is?" <laughs> Which is such a funny difference between like Next Generation because those folks on the Enterprise on that on that Enterprise would never say an unkind word about Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, you but know, this- those guys went to Harvard. Like nobody <laughs> on the original one did. I swear to God, they are elitists. Yeah. <laughs> I like Arena. Um, um, I, I like it, Arena a lot too. Its legacy is so weird because it's just like the Gorn and the cheesy costume, which mm-hmm. is a lot of it as you're watching it. It, it, it does seem to be like when, when people think of the original series, that's like an that and the Tribbles are like the images that they have in their head. Yeah, there's something almost like you know, like classically uh, like filmmaking about it that that fight is so obviously it's funny because the guy the character the costume is like kind of silly and everything like that but i also kind of like that it's almost like watching wrestling or something like yeah. that it's just this like camera on a tripod watch it's like it's like out of they live or something like that it's just a long ass fight which i kind of like i wanted to see the gorn like like uh Kirk assembles a tiny scale model city and the Gorn starts wandering <laughs> through it. Like full Godzilla <laughs> with that shit. 
Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, it, it's one of these ones where it's like, you know, uh, if you've seen all the, the, the Simpsons parodies and everything before you see like Citizen Kane or something like that, <laughs> like you're going to like see Citizen Kane and kind of laugh at it. But like, I guess there's a reason why this was parodied so much. You know what I mean? Cause it is like a very compelling episode of television. I was going to say the Futurama, like full Star Trek episode. Is that one sort of based? I know I've seen that episode, but it's been a very long time where they had different star trek actors on futurama i feel like they have like a uh, something that like looks like the same frame you know oh i mean a lot of what pete and i spend our time doing is sort of tracking back through the canon of genre fiction especially science fiction uh across media books movies tv shows video games and like one of the things about this episode for instance is like As you just said, Jack sort of alluded to, like, you'll see this kind of thing parodied and you'll go back to it and it'll look especially corny. But then you have to Mm -hmm. ask yourself, I mean, Star Trek's been so profoundly influential. Like, Mm -hmm. to what extent is this kind of the Ur reference for, like, the staged arena fight being sort of the pivotal, you know, moment of moral decision making? Probably not the first example, but, like, you know it's been profoundly influential. And that that is, is very interesting to me. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I, you know, this is like, this, this works really well. I mean, I guess every episode of Star Trek is kind of a bottle episode, but this one feels like it works especially well as a bottle, as a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, uh, uh it, it kind of does what Star Trek you know, does best and what is so appealing, frankly, about watching Star Trek in our world of sort of never ending ongoing prestige television is that like it's a complete story that has a beginning, middle and end. And even if that story is just like defeating an alien in a fight <laughs> and getting Kirk back on the ship, like it's a complete story. And it's, you know, uh, it's it's fun to watch something like that. It's like watching Columbo. When I hang out with uh-huh. my mom, we watch a little Columbo episode. It's like, okay, it's like a little movie with our, our friend Columbo. <laughs> it's like middle end. We're going to see what happens. That's why people watch so much Law and Order all the time. Is it's just, it's done at the end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, uh, I, I, I probably poisoned by discourse and I apologize for this, but like sure. watching this and they're dealing with this ultra intelligent, ultra powerful being that says, you know, we have, we have evolved beyond conflict and we understand that we don't. And it's like, well, okay, if you're not going to do anything, we're just going to take all your crap, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it just sort of, it sort of feels like, um, like a centrist god has kidnapped them. <laughs> <laughs> This is, they're yeah, so evolved, they're making creatures kill each other for no reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're, you're savages, Earth. It, like, I didn't know you were capable of mercy. It's like, well, you, okay. But they have a lot of civility in their discourse. No one is rude on their social yes. media. And that's they okay. are very polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are very polite. Uh, uh, but yeah, they just want to watch people savage each other to death uh, <laughs> and, you know, and pass away. <laughs> um, yeah, great episode. You know, uh, uh, there's a reason why it's been parodied. So much and you know i always just like to see uh uh oh this is uh sorry i was gonna say that oh yeah this is death valley i think i was gonna say i always like to see an appearance of death valley mm-hmm. on film and this does appear to be one of the uh the many death valley appearances uh, that you'll see across all of sci-fi i love that combat music yes the combat music is fucking great <laughs> it is great <laughs> Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Especially with that music. Like, again, it feels like a very sort of like classic story. I think it's silly that like Kirk has to have like the, the victory in the fight and the moral victory. Like, there's just something like he's such a one, one, <laughs> like, he's such a fantastic genius hero in this episode. I like I think I like episodes more where he does some more dumb stuff or, or screws stuff up. I still I still think it's a good episode. 
He didn't yeah. even get a cut on this one. I, I think it, what he limped for a little while. Like normally they tear his <laughs> shirt off and he's got like yeah. three red lines, but that didn't happen. Yeah, he gets a, he gets pretty messed up uh, pretty often in this show. Uh, uh, and I, you know, I, I guess I also do like the portrayal of a man who has you know Kirk's body type as being like a sexy man. Uh, I sort of appreciate the like you know the sort of doughy original Supermanness of him. Uh, I, uh, I like that. I like that he's a sex symbol. You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a, uh, there was a place for dad bods on the Enterprise. There was also a place mm-hmm. for Chekhov's fourteen year old boy body. Like, they, you know, all <laughs> the body types are, are possible. Uh-huh. If you're a yeah, man, very accepting. All if the you're women a man, were very true. skinny and very pretty. Yes, yes, that that's true. true. That's very true. Um, well, especially in this one. I mean, you know, we, I guess it would, it would, it wouldn't be, we, we probably shouldn't do the entire episode about, uh, uh, the original series without acknowledging that, like, it is a very sort of weird and, like, <laughs> swinger. It's like a, it, it's got, like, a swingers, like, vibe to it. You know what I mean? It's very, like, uh, uh, go go dancing or something <laughs> like that. And it's, like, regressive view of, uh, gender. They were trying, but they're like, especially in uh, Mirror Mirror, I liked Uhura in that episode. But in every other episode, she's like, Kirk, I'm scared. And just looks at him. Like, why? <laughs> it is okay, because like, they, they do make, there are like times when you're like, damn, this is like pretty like advanced for uh, a show back then. But then, yes, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of go go dancey moments in this show. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the Tribble is one that we're going to get to. And she, like, a major plot point is that she wants to go shopping. um oh and joan joan collins instantly falls in love with and wants to date some homeless guy like bam (laughs) with his creepy friend like building a a machine we're not on that episode yet (laughs) well let's let's uh let's let's look first at mirror mirror before we get before we get into tribbles just yet and the and the problematic trouble with tribbles Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, tribbles are not only troublesome but problematic as it turns out uh let's talk first about mirror 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 which um is this the first appearance of like differently facial haired evil um, characters on shows? Is this the first time I this is like I think that's where the idea comes from. It. You're right. Wow. Another another like, you know, like massively parodied moment that, you know, it, it's so parodied almost that when I saw this, I was like, oh, like another classic, you know, they have different facial hair. And I was like, wait a second. This is probably <laughs> the first one, actually. <laughs> I want to be clear. I think Nimoy looks incredible with that evil goatee. Like that oh, works yeah. for him. You know? And I'll tell you what, it makes him look evil, too. It really transforms him to a very evil look. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's honestly like I think the costume design in that episode alone should have won some yes. major awards. Like you've yeah. got you've got Kirk wearing like a weird flowing tunic and like I, I don't even know. There's just a lot going on yeah. there. <laughs> well, they basically created a new alignment system. It's like Mirror Spock <laughs> is logical evil and Normal Spock is logical good. That's true. Before that is true. I knew about this episode wait, like before I saw it, just because I like watch TV. But I thought everyone would have goatees. Like all the men would have, all the evil men would have goatees and you watch it. It's like it's just Spock because when yeah. it's represented elsewhere, again, like I know there was like a lot of it in Futurama parody this episode too. It's like if you're evil, you have a goatee. It's like, well, it's just Spock. Yeah. And you yeah. know that Uhura is evil because, you know, she's tempting all the men with her much more revealing outfit. So mm-hmm. that's. <laughs> Which that's is evil. Very much evil. Yeah. 
Just like killing people and plotting assassinations. <laughs> well, speaking of progressive moments, I especially like the concept of Captain's Woman. Oh, yeah, and the fact that he keeps almost having sex with her when he's not the a captain's person. Woman. He's such a beautiful, brave man for not, like, non-consensually having sex with her because she has no idea that he's someone else. I'm you glad know. that he didn't, but he keeps making out with her and stuff. Yeah, that's a little, you know, it's a little uh, uh, strange. Uh, uh, so, but uh, yeah, this episode's about a, you know, basically about the the evil versions of all the uh, guy of all the it's folks so in the good. Enterprise I love come Star to the Enterprise. Trek. It's great. It's great. This one was so fun. I thought that was one of Shatner. Like Shatner, of course, is the king of of hammy acting. Like it wouldn't surprise me mm-hmm. if the etymology of that phrase and acting comes from Shatner, right? But like, <laughs> I I think that evil Shatner when he gets captured on the normal Enterprise <laughs> is like an all time performance by Shatner. It's hysterical. He's like, Spock, Spock, I'll give you power. What do you want, man? Damn it, I'll give you anything. <laughs> it's a real masterpiece. <laughs> Yeah, this is just good television. Yeah, like uh, you know, uh, uh, I I don't know. Like, there's something that's very sort of soap opera ish about it, but um, but that's also what uh, uh, we love so dearly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, like evil characters showing uh, evil versions of our characters. I'm like, that's so 1950s classic television, and that's all I want. I need nothing uh, more deep than that. Trekkies love this stuff too. Like across all of the other series, there was like 15 visits to the mirror universe. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun I, I, concept. And it's handled yeah. and like the concept of mercy, like at the end when um McCoy refuses to leave because he wants to save evil Spock and he's not like admonished, especially for like an American TV show. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's very good about like showing pacifism and giving mercy as like not weakness necessarily yeah i agree in general you know this this you know the original series is less sort of uh uh strong uh on that uh uh the next generation but you know for what this show was yeah like even to uh uh have you know uh uh being passive as an option Mm -hmm. (laughs) is like pretty radical for uh for the for the period i think like it Watching this now as a neophyte was really interesting for me, this episode in particular, as you've already alluded to, Jack, about how episodic the original series was. And Mm -hmm. we just talked about some of the hamminess. And I feel like we're in an interesting moment where – I'm sure that you've addressed this at length in the show, but like the the cultural heart of like the TV that's getting discussed is is starting to finally move back in that direction with shows like Witcher and Mandalorian. Um, at the very, at least those two. I think Witcher in particular was a huge, huge hit, right? And like, yes, Witcher. Well, with their really, new metrics. Well, well the Witcher, well, Witcher yeah. was watched by over seventy million people for two minutes, which yeah, is the two minutes of the trailer. Each. But that's but that's fine. But it has <laughs> had a big like the toss a coin to your Witcher song and stuff like and like I do conventions and stuff in nerd circles. It is huge right now. I do think people yeah. like it, and I do generally agree with you. And I am appreciative as well that there <laughs> seems to be some movement away from exclusively ninety-hour movies uh, uh, for television. <laughs> shows <laughs> i will say that that witcher song is doing huge numbers inside my skull <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if they track that metric i don't oh. know but either way they wouldn't release the numbers so it doesn't matter oh that's fair yeah nobody's gonna monetize my brain <laughs> <laughs> not you know soon enough soon enough we'll get the algorithms <laughs> in there we'll get them in there oh, boy. um but yeah mirror mirror great episode uh uh classic you know uh, uh television you know uh, uh this is you know I, 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 wouldn't you love this is 
actually how I feel about this episode is that I would like to see every single television show I've ever seen do one where the evil versions of the characters show up. I know some shows have done that, but any of the shows that are on the air right now, I want the evil versions of the characters to show up. This is a classic television plot, and every show should do one. Mm-hmm. I want to meet the evil me. I think me that'd too. be cool as hell. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to meet Goateed Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always the fear that you're the bad one, though. Yeah. Oh, that's well, like the Simpsons episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where Bart... Uh, ha- oh, in the attic? Of Bart. Yeah, it's like, well, th- we have the evil twin in the attic, and then they realize that Bart was the evil one all along. And it's just like, this poor kid has been <laughs> fed, like, fish heads, and he's trying to sew himself and Bart back together. That had a big... Im- I saw that when I was very young, and it was very striking <laughs> to me. It's a really good episode <laughs> of TV. And I'm imagining evil Mad Men, where it's just that it's all the Mad Men characters, but they're Soviets. <laughs> Sober and Soviet. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, uh, so Mirror Mirror. That's that's uh, that's some good television. That's some that's some classic uh, uh, TV show type stuff. And that's what you're gonna be seeing in the original series. Uh, uh, up next, let's look at uh, uh, the very problematic and troublesome trouble with uh, Tribbles. Uh, uh, let's look at the classic trouble with Tribbles episode uh, of the original series. The first thing I would say is that uh, 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 aside from what we'll get into with the rest of it, I like Tribbles a lot as characters, and there are some very, very funny sequences when they're, when they're just buried in Tribbles. <laughs> this is a very and funny frankly, visual. Like Watching this episode, I'm just like, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of like somebody like watching this on TV in the 60s or something and I'm just like that's really fucking weird television to turn on <laughs> and see a bunch of little like balls of fur around the characters. I'm like that seems like a trip actually. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Tribbles, like, if they didn't multiply the way they do, which, of course, is, like, their importance to the plot. That's the trouble. That's the trouble. Otherwise, they're, like, a living rabbit's foot, basically, just a ball right. of puff, and they make a soothing sound. And I'm like, that is a really – that seems like a really good – They're the pork, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like, I want one of those. That sounds good for anxiety, you know? Mm-hmm. Give me some Troubles. In at conventions, my cousin had one. It would, like, vibrate and make a little noise, and it was sound-activated. If you, like, dropped it or sneezed <laughs> or something, it would go, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in this episode, uh, uh, they dock with a space station, uh, uh, and basically they get themselves into a whole mess of trouble uh, with Tribbles. Um, uh, uh, so you know, uh, uh, you know, the, some of the some of the people on the sh- on the ship think that the Tribbles are cute, but they all don't like the Tribbles when the Tribbles begin to uh, uh, begin to you know gremlins out and completely like take over the ship. Did they ever do like evil tribbles and like other Star Trek? Stuff? Wow, that's an that seems like you that's very gremlins. that should be in one of the new series is the the mirror universe tribbles. They're like bulimic. they're just skin no fur (laughs) just a ball of skin. Terrifying. No one would think they're cute. Yeah. Well, I mean. This is a great glimpse into original series Klingons, who are just dudes with beards, uh, yes. who are like a little bit dark. In what you might call darkened face. Uh, yeah. Some might call it darkened face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's a great, I mean, this show has one of, this is one of the great like all time, like, you know, 60s TV, like original Batman series, like fights in it, that bar fight. 
which goes yeah. on for a while and has some great, like, incredibly cheesy stage fighting uh, <laughs> between some Klingon drunk Klingons and some drunk yeah. humans led by led by Scotty and Chekhov. It's it's it's, like, it's honestly a phenomenal scene. <laughs> very sort of like fifties Western television uh, in a way that's very appealing. You could have put that fight in They Live, you know? Yeah, yep, you absolutely could have. Another of these fight, like, that, again, it just kind of shows that it's like, you know, we were all, we all, well, we we knew things were simpler back then. When you tuned into TV, you just wanted to see people, like, punch each other and stuff like that, like, throw each other through a window and stuff. That's good TV. Little fuzzy animals and go-go dancers and guys uh-huh. punching each other. <laughs> that scene kind of makes fun of itself, because there is a moment where, like, Chekhov, who weighs, like, you know, 120 pounds soaking wet, is, like, hammering the chest of this Klingon who's just standing there and he's like just like whatever and then he picks Chekhov up, uh, Chekhov up and throws him and it's just like all right this is <laughs> yeah it's like classic comics actually like Star Trek was mm-hmm. being made by people who knew that this was kind of corny but they were just like making a television show you know what I mean and that's kind of like why you know it not taking itself so seriously is I think what you know, uh, uh, helps it to have longevity. And, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, I watch this show and I see a show that doesn't take itself too seriously, but is concerned with sort of like internal, uh, uh, like logic, I guess. This was the first Star Trek episode that David Gerald ever wrote. And he was, uh, well, one of the things is he was really invested in what Star Trek was doing and he wanted it to continue to go in this vein rather than to go zany, which I think is hilarious because this has got to be one of the most zany episodes. Um, but, uh, we actually ended up not to plug my own show on here, but we did, we did an episode about David Gerald because he is, um, he's both an important figure and sort of a problematic one. Like, I want to be very careful about what I say here from a legal standpoint. Mm-hmm. I'm not implying anything about David Your Gerald. views do not express, like, they don't represent the views of Struggle Session as an entity, so... <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying here. But, like, there's an amazing amount of of naked children in his major works. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. you know, this is this is 1960s entertainment, so you know you have to be a little bit sort of uh, <laughs> oh, be a no. little forgiving <laughs> of all the naked children that were so prevalent in media in the 60s. Oh, sure, you know, I don't know it, it was, was the time. time. Yeah, it was the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as like another time thing, we're talking about all of the, the issues around Uhura as like the main female character in the original series. I I don't want to, you know, like. I don't want to let anyone off the hook here. You just know, though, that these dudes who are, like, you know, pre-boomer, like, greatest generation guys, like, you know that they were very proud of themselves. They're like, we're, we're pushing the envelope here with a strong, assertive female character. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know they were saying that to themselves. I mean, you know, we, we like, wrongly, but. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kirk, I'm, I'm so frightened. I'm scared. <laughs> Kirk, save me. Right, true, very true. And then, like, also they give like they give her like one fight scene per season, and they're like, "Look, see what yes. we did." Like, it was, she was cool in Mirror Mirror. It yeah, is yeah, much yeah. better. It's much better in Generation when no one feels any emotion whatsoever about anything. No one feels fear. Well, and the one thing, yeah, about they always say about about the the original series. Well, this this C series had the first interracial kiss. What they don't mention is that everybody involved with that kiss was being simultaneously tortured and mind controlled. 
<laughs> that is true. That is true. You know that that was like a weird. It is funny. It does take away from it. it like that is like. It, but that is almost like what I feel like they were using for cover at that time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like they. It was like it is radical to portray something like that on television, and it's reflective of the time that the only way to do it was to make every person involved be under mind control by aliens. You know Shatner what I mean? You couldn't have it. have. Yeah. And it got like banned in Alabama or something, right? Like southern some southern stations refused to Yeah. Air it is it. this weird it is this weird thing with Star Trek where you're like, you know, uh uh they tried in some aspects, but they also failed in many aspects, yeah. you know, and some ways the trying was failing, you know. <laughs> they should have had Kirk and Spock kiss under the same theory. It's like, "Hey, mind control, what are you going to do?" <laughs> <laughs> that's true actually yeah that, you know uh, uh i think i feel like that i feel like this is is something that happens in a lot of fan fiction you know what i mean like, <laughs> this is what happens a lot in fanfic is like two characters are mind controlled and then kiss and then wake oh, yeah. up and they're like we kind of liked it but ugh, we were under mind control it's like or whatever a, a fan fiction trope based on star trek something called I, this might be giving away how much i know about fan fiction but like sex pollen like people get like oh no i'm like horny now right. because of the alien plants <laughs> That's another thing out. that maybe comes from Star Trek. It's like, yeah, there's that ep- the episode with the pollen, the one where yep. Shatner has the, the, the whole scene where he's being racist against Spock to rile him up. That's a very <laughs> classic yeah. Star Trek scene, but yeah. He's like, I was only... Yeah, it is funny that Kirk also like, oh, you see, I was only being racist, though, to, to piss you off pretty bad. <laughs> I had to be racist. I had to be racist. Well, I don't believe any of that fast, stuff, Real fast, I have course. to say, if you search William Shatner SJW on Twitter... Oh boy! Yeah, you'll see some interesting stuff about how Star Trek <laughs> is not political. And Gene yeah. Roddenberry wasn't an SJW, but he was. Pre- it's just, yeah, it's just a nightmare. But. I like to sometimes think that maybe someone else writes his tweets, but I don't know. Oh. But I don't. But 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 I but but also so many people have disappointed me. So what are you going to do? <laughs> you know uh, that that scene where he made uh, Spock upset like that—that that was his one chance to safely say the N word. No, <laughs> that was his pass. That was his pass right there. Um. All right. Well, uh, uh, let's look at uh, uh, let's look at the city on the edge of forever. The Harlan Ellison written uh, mm-hmm. uh, classic time travel episode. This is a real fucking. This is like a super good episode of television. That's fantastic. Yeah. This is it, like uh, it's yeah. scary how good it is. I yes. Mean, considering the the episodes that bookend it, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it it is funny. This is this always happens with Star Trek, and I'm noticing this even watching like Next Generation. Is that like it will be like one of the best episodes of television you've ever seen, and then followed by like the silliest trash I've ever seen, like, <laughs> the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. You yeah. know, like I'll be I'll, like cry in one episode, and the next one I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> um. So yeah, City on the Edge. Uh. uh you know, well, God, this is uh. This is a, is a time travel story. This is a time travel story uh, uh, where Kirk and Spock go back in time to try to fix the timeline. And they go back to, like, New York City during the Great Depression, which is pretty wild. <laughs> I love – I'm so happy they have the whole subplot of Bones just being crazy and screaming about uh, assassins and murderers. And also him feeling – like, you get a lot of insight into his character because he's so upset about, like, 1930s medicine. 
which is very similar <laughs> to because he's like, oh god, the suture's like he has so much empathy for people. And yeah, it's but like, actually, oh, it's very sad. And then he's just screaming and he's crazy again. It also made me think that Bones is kind of a dumbass. Like when he was like, <laughs> he like can't do medicine without like a computer doing it for him. Like, you know? <laughs> like I feel like he should still know how to do like sutures and shit. Like they should teach you how to do it. What about if the fucking computer needs updates or something? So, do you guys know about the ruins thing? I'm so happy about this. No, it's that. So, if if like at the beginning, you know, they go down and they find that 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 arch in the middle of nowhere, and surrounding it are Greek columns. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the fuck are Greek columns doing in the middle of this alien wrecked planet? And it turns out what happened is Harlan Ellison was like, "There's this arch, and I want there to be runes all around oh, it." No. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I just misread it. You just know <laughs> some like overworked, like old Hollywood set designer guy. And he's like, I know. runes? You got we we do runes? Yeah, we got runes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a whole I got a whole warehouse full of runes. Yeah, I got runes for you. <laughs> it's like this is Spinal Tap when they when they bring out the Stonehenge that's like seven inches tall. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, so this is a, uh, uh, so let's talk, uh, let's, so they go back in time, uh, uh, and I mean, <laughs> they, so, so did they like stop World War II from happening or they allow World War II to happen or something like that? They just stopped the Nazis from winning by killing a lady. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They let the, unimaginable, let the unimaginable slaughter happen, but it's okay because the U.S. still wins. Um, <laughs> and the peace movement is defeated in advance. <laughs> okay. Kirk is so upset over her dying. It's like, you want to interfere with history anymore? The portal's talking to him. He's like, let's get the hell out of here. No, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> well, and Spock was like, well, she had the right ideas at the wrong time. It's like, <laughs> fuck you, man. The time for those ideas are right now. Yeah. Right. Like she's. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is actually fascinating. Like, I feel like it's it's a zany premise, right? Because it's like we have to go mm-hmm. back in time to find our friend. We're going to land the exact right spot. And then we're going to, like, you know, also influence, like, the maybe the most important single event in world history, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot going on. But, like, I, you know. There is a lot of of courage for a television show, especially in the sixties, to like do this really complicated trolley problem ethics thing that also includes mm-hmm. a love story, you know? Right. I feel like this I feel like this episode was maybe one of the kind of early TV show things where it was just like complex and smart enough that censors maybe didn't understand what all <laughs> was happening in this episode. <laughs> That's probably a really good call, man. <laughs> I just saw on the Wikipedia page they like Censors didn't want them to say hell, and there was like a problem um, with him saying, "Let's get the hell out." Let's of Let's get the hell out of here. He was like, "No one had said hell on TV before, or something." I don't know if that's accurate, but I was like, I, I didn't even think about that when I watched it. That's how different so funny. our culture is now. You know, it, this episode is like feels so big and feels so sort of like filmic and feels so you know, I, I just so different from every other episode. Like in a weird way, solely because it like is on Earth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. uh, and you know, it's another. It's a uh, you know. I guess this is also you know this was a Harlan Ellison written episode. Uh, uh, and you know, I if they did this interesting thing, and like you mentioned with uh, Arena being adapted from a short story, sort of where they like found you know sci-fi writers and either adapted their works or just had them do individual episodes. And you know, it's in it's like. Some episodes of Star Trek, and this is one that kind of fits that uh, uh, that metric, are almost in like in kind of in like that Twilight Zone feel or something like yeah. that. You know, absolutely. So it's 
It's like this one. I I really if 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 you really cornered me, I would say this. In my opinion, this is the best uh, uh, original series episode. I, I, it's like they captured lightning in a bottle and they're like, okay, what can we do? Let's do a planet just like Earth where the Romans are still around. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's do one like that with Nazis. Like they keep trying it again and right. again and again. But this is the one that really made it work. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is just like a really good, you know, uh, uh, hour long story. You know what I mean? Like that kind of like, uh, that has an emotional arc to it as well as like big sort of science fiction ideas. Is and like, yeah, I mean that's like what you want out of a of a sci fi short, really. I mean, there's and there's also just some killer dialogue in this. Like it, as much as the love story um, between Kirk and the you know future peace activist who's like a saint, can, it, it can it can be hard to make that feel organic. I think they got like about as close as you could possibly get given all the complications of the premise, just because like that scene where. Is it he says or she says, let me help? One of the two. I guess she says, let me help, right? Yeah. And then Kirk is like, and then he's like, an author said that in the future. (laughs) What I thought was cool about it was he said, like, yeah, there's a, there'll be a great novel based on that premise a hundred years from now. And those words will be said to have supplanted the words, I love you, which I thought was just really interesting, right? It's like, it's, it projects you to this whole space of like that, you know, taking that one basic line, adding all these ethical dimensions to it, teasing us with the imaginative possibilities of a world where let me help is more important than I love you. There's just a lot going on in a pretty brief scene. Yeah. And I, I read that as, as really nicely written for all of the cheese that's surrounding it, you know? I mean, Harlan Ellison's a great writer, even though uh, he's a weird guy. He's a weird guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll just say he's a weird guy. All the, old yeah. dudes, all the old dudes who wrote for Star Trek are canceled. We seem to have agreed on that. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get into who's canceled, who's not uh, out of this particular series. Or any, I guess. You know the whole thing with Harlan Ellison and Frank Sinatra? What's that? Oh god. So um at one point there was a like a like a nightclub that that Frank Sinatra regularly went to and Harlan Ellison was there not wearing a suit. (laughs) <laughs> and and Sinatra went to the manager and wow. was like, "You got to throw this guy out of here." And apparently, oh like God. they got face to face on this, and like Harlan Ellison was just like some nobody. But his whole life, one thing I've got to give him credit for is like he was just a jerk to everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, Ellison was a uh, was a dick to everyone, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, in some ways, even though he's a weird guy, I, I I can I can appreciate that, and I can identify with that a little bit myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can identify with feuding uh, with other people, Jack. Yes, Jack? I, 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 re- relentlessly. <laughs> feuding? Yeah, feuding relentlessly <laughs> with uh, people and living in acrimony for every day of my life. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, Connor and I have been talking about looking around for television show writers and infecting them with the rage virus to <laughs> bump our stats. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm your guy. I am your guy. <laughs> um, so original series. Uh, uh, any any final thoughts on original series? If anyone out there is listening, you know, and hasn't watched original series, uh, uh, what what would you tell? I, I would say to anyone who hasn't watched it and maybe thinks it's like corny or something like that, that I would say that it is corny, but that's also like part of what makes it great. You know what I mean? Like if you are like a next generation fan who kind of like puts their nose up at original series or something like that, I I would say that you are you know stealing from yourself like you know something that was great television uh, 
question, you know, for a reason. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and one thing I would like to I, I'd like to mention also, you know, in in sort of the closing about original series uh, um, is is really how good the the art direction on this show is. Uh, uh, I like it's it, it's it's like cheesy. It's definitely like you know cheaper looking uh, uh, than uh, than what they end up doing, you know, with the higher budget series in the '90s and everything like that. But I think it's got like a very sort of charming and sort of lo-fi look. Like it's not independent, but it has almost an ind- independent feel because mm. of the era. Uh, and I really, I really appreciate that. I think that like you know the sort of design, the art of the show, the colors. It, it's such a bright and colorful show. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's really a pleasure to watch. I think. Yeah. I one of the things that always gets me it's like everybody talks about Kirk versus versus Picard and they do it to death mm-hmm. but what fascinates me about Kirk is that he will do whatever is convenient to him at the time and justify it later like he will <laughs> He'll kill you, hollow out your skin, crawl right. in it, and sleep with your wife because it's good for the prime directive. He doesn't care. Yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, it is like, like Picard is Obama-ish in his way, where he would like Picard could sit there and think out a problem forever and never do anything on it. Captain Kirk is just going to like kill the thing and then deal with it afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah, just oh, like shoot it and talk about it after. Dude is making the Federation great again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. oh God! Oh no! <laughs> Pete, how no, could no, no, you? No, no, no. no. Hey, wow. the, even the hair. What do you want from me? <laughs> that is a real Pete. thick Look. Canadian hair, my friend. Come on. <laughs> um, I Rewatching it now, one thing I really appreciate is the sort of like uh, chemistry and very easy intimacy between three male characters. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bit in Mirror Mirror where um, Kirk has blood on his chin and, and like McCoy kind of like wipes it off and is like, what is this? Are you Okay. And I think that's very rare, again, in American media. They're, like, Mm -hmm. uh, strong-headed, like, um, strong characters and stuff, but they obviously, like, they love each other and they get along really well. And it's very, like, that's a lot of the emotional pull of it. And like I said earlier, the kind of grounding in it, and that adds a lot to the sincerity when there's just sort of weird, it's just another stupid moral quandary that's, like, uh, per episode or, like, some dumb fight or something. (laughs) <laughs> but you always have that level of emotional gravity. Yeah, I agree. That you would I miss agree. out on if they were like, oh, we can't touch each other. We're dudes. You know? And that is in some way, like, I actually do think that, like, that's kind of like where if you are comparing Next Generation with original series, that is, I think, that, like, the the element that I think where this show does excel. And it's kind of what I get at with the thing where I'm like, you know. Uh, Kirk is like a party guy and then mm-hmm. Picard is a nerd or whatever. <laughs> I think I kind of, if I'm not being silly about it, I'm like, well, I, what I get a sense from in Star Trek is more of like a family and a camaraderie. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I, I really, in, in Next Generation, and I love the show very much, but they're colleagues. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're like colleagues who all have a great respect for the work they do. And unfortunately, that's a little bit dorky. And I would just rather party with the folks on the uh, 60s Enterprise. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the valiant, the Valiant quasi-military federation has given way to the uh, professional managerial class federation at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like originally, when when it was Kirk, they were out there just like they were like, let's like go around the universe and fucking party. Like let's like send, go out there and fucking party everywhere on every planet. And then like the the Picards got in charge and they were like, no, it's actually about our very serious duty or whatever. And it's now like, let's okay. drone strike the Ferengi. <laughs> Kirk's I mean, not going to drone strike anybody. He's going to beam down and fight a Gorn. That's yeah, he would. He would. Oh, do, yeah. He would never drone strike anyone. He would like try to fight a building with his hands. He would like tear his <laughs> shirt off and try to beat up a building. Like, 
he will always put himself in harm's way, which, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. I think, so, like, my take on what I would say to people who haven't seen this before, also as a neophyte who needs to explore it more, is, like, it's very clear when you watch some of the best episodes of the original series why this has aged infinitely better than so many prestige shows from our era mm-hmm. will age that supposedly have higher production value or smarter writing, whatever the, the pretensions they have are. Um, and there's a number of reasons I think that you all touched on some of them, um, some of the distinctive things. And especially I think the art direction is a, is a good one to harp on as well because, like, the costumes in Mirror Mirror are actually first rate. But I would also add this, which is that, um, like, it is a fascinating document about sort of the outer limits of trying to model what a sort of benevolent uh, – staunchly moral imperialism would look like and we all know reflexively that that's kind of a doomed project and we know looking Mm -hmm. back at sort of the 60s optimism of like a sergeant shriver type from kennedy's camelot that like those guys had it all wrong ultimately but it's it's fascinating to see like what they were trying to do with this sort of left liberalism and this idea of an empire that can function yeah benevolently that can do the right thing and, you know, we're, we're in an era now where, like, all of the sort of expensive storytelling we're doing on screen has to be about sort of the darkness, all the darkness within people and how everything is grim dark and always falls apart and everything's shit. And this is a really fascinating and enduring document of a cultural moment when there was a real concerted effort to imagine quite the opposite yeah. in all ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. You know, and it does, it, you know, it, yeah, and it, like you know it, it it comes at an interesting time too like it, it you know it, it's like it's interesting that this was coming out like in the 60s just in the sense that this was you know on people's minds or something you know what i mean so like has anybody here read voyage of the space beagle Mm-mm. No. okay well don't it sucks but it was <laughs> okay good it was written one by less a- thing to read thank <laughs> god <laughs> uh it was written by A.E. Van Vogt, and a lot of people say it was sort of the launching point for the idea of Star Trek. And what it was was a, a bunch of military guys stuffed in a ship, and they were supposed to go out and seek out alien civilizations. But what's weird about it is that they were chemically castrated. <laughs> That's very weird. Yeah, that is a little weird. I mean, that might have benefited Kirk, honestly, if we're being real. <laughs> It'd be a boring show, a more boring show. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'd just be he'd just stay in his room. Like, what what would what What's would motivate point? him? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, um, well, yeah. So I guess I'd say you know if if you haven't checked out original series, it's worth checking out. Uh, uh, it's worth watching these episodes anyway. Especially, uh, uh, I mean, frankly, just got, like if you have never seen any of it, you should at least watch uh, uh, you know City on the Edge of Forever, mm-hmm. uh, um, just because that's like extremely classic television and it functions almost as a movie unto itself. Watch uh, watch original series Star Trek. I guess uh, it's if you fun. Had it. It's, it's very fun. easy to watch. It's I enjoy fun. a lot. It, yeah, it just is like a blast to watch in that classic kind of TV way. It's also on like every streaming platform somehow. Yeah, I was cool. like, oh, I have, a, I have my choice when I Googled that it. That is true. Yeah, when you when you go on Apple TV, it's like every single app has it or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Best Buy app has Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thanks for joining us, uh, guys. Uh, and where where can people find you? So we have a podcast that's called Podside Picnic, kind of like, you know, the book Roadside Picnic, but Podside Picnic because it's a podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's about – the core of it is about science fiction, sort of us going through the classics and the history of science fiction. But also we touch on fantasy. We touch on other kinds of storytelling. Um, Yeah, we just sort of talk about 
genre storytelling within the narrative arts broadly. And so. Leslie's been on a bunch, so you know, uh, yeah, uh, 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 it's a good show. Everybody should check it out. This is this is a good show, and if you if you like this show, you will near definitely like Podside Picnic. So you know, uh, uh, go find one of the Leslie episodes and listen to it, and then continue to listen to it forever. You know, <laughs> thank you, man. And you know what? We're gonna have to get both of you on at some point too. Oh, oh yeah, we'd love, love that. To. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll be back uh, next week with another episode of the Fancast, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, of Fancast Sesh Trek. Uh, and until then, uh, uh, to infinity and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. Jack is falling the style, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, goodbye, everyone. Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.